0: Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing
1: message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today.
0: There good it is. Good morning.
2: <laughs> All right, so I want to say good morning. I'm Herman and this is Raquel. Raquel over here and just want to remind you guys that you are such a blessing um, and that God has a great plan for your life. If you were ever in doubt of whether or not that he had a plan for your life, well, I just told you, he has a plan (laughs) for your life. So that that takes away all the (laughs) doubt that you've ever had or that anybody's ever given you. Anybody's ever said, you're never going to be anything. and And your life is a waste of oxygen or whatever. <laughs> God has a plan for your life and I believe today God has a specific word for you. Amen today. Amen. Amen. So, thank you for being here and uh open up the ears of your heart. Right. Amen. Not just the ears, not these ears, the ears of your heart. Right. Be receptive, be pliable to what the Lord is going to share it this morning.
1: Amen. Amen, you guys. And so, you know, we've been talking about righteousness, but we're going to shift gears a little bit today. So for those of you who paid attention to the message, it's have faith in God. And and you may think, oh, we're going to talk about Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24. And you are correct. Praise God. But as Herman just mentioned, don't say to yourself, "Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I've I've been in the Word of Faith movement, or I've been, you yeah, know, I've listened to Kenneth Copeland all my life. You know, I'm totally familiar with, with with Mark 11:23 and 24 and whatever. And maybe you are. Maybe you're very familiar with that. I was very familiar. My husband was, was very familiar. Was Hagen, Hagen yeah, Kenneth Copeland. It was. It was. Yeah, but, what does uh, Andrew say? He says Copenhagen, Copeland, and Hagen. Anyway, that's a really cheesy, but <laughs> praise God. But you may be familiar with the Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, but don't close yourself off to what we believe the Lord has given us. Um, it was a couple of years ago, just to give you some perspective when I really was meditating on this and kind of just thinking, well, where, where are people missing it? You know, people who've been in the word forever, People who've been confessing the word forever. Mm-hmm. People who've been standing on the word forever. They've been, you know, they they believe in God. They love the Lord, first of all. They, they, you know, they trust the Lord. They are living their lives consecrated to the Lord. They're living sanctified lives. So they're not living raggedy lives of sin. They're not letting the devil come in in all kinds of different ways, Um, they're, you know, speaking the word, they're doing the best that they possibly can, but yet the word seems to not be working. And I'm talking about people who, you know, who say, you know, I confess, you know, three times a day, you know, I've read Dodie Osteen's book and she said, you know, confess three times a day, confess the word, take the word like you would medicine. You know, the doctor says to take it three times a day, you know, before meals, after meals, whatever, you take it faithfully three times. I've done that. I've meditated the word. I've praised the Lord. I've, I'm doing this, that, and the other, and it's still not working. And as I was reading this, and as I was reading Mark eleven twenty three 23, and 24, mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord started sharing with me that we've been missing something so critical mm-hmm. in focusing primarily on Mark eleven twenty three 23, and 24, but not looking at Mark eleven twenty two. you guys. Mm-hmm. Mark eleven twenty two is really where the as Herman was just telling me, uh, we were just talking this morning. He said, "Really, where the answer lies." We're gonna start. We're gonna read this parable, or not this parable. We're gonna read this account about the fig tree. We're gonna go through this slowly. We're gonna really slow walk this thing, and we're gonna really get out of this what I believe the Lord is trying to communicate in all of this. And and in a nutshell, just to give you kind of a little preview but faith is a response Mm -hmm. to something that God has already provided. Faith is a response. Faith, you know, the world uses the phrases, you know, like we keep the faith or, you know, I have the faith. Well, faith isn't something you just have. Faith is something that you have because of something else. So because of something else, you have faith. So because God is faithful, we now respond to his faithfulness in faith. We don't just have faith for having faith's sake, <laughs> you know, for faith's sake. We don't just we don't just have faith. We only are capable of having faith as a response to something that God has already provided. Andrew Womack loves to say that faith is a response to the grace that God has provided. If God didn't provide it by his grace, or if God didn't provide it in his faithfulness to us, we can't turn around and respond in faith and appropriate or take for ourselves or believe on something that hasn't first been established before, before us. Hope this is making sense. Okay, so... So God has to first be faithful for us to then have faith, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't just have faith. We don't have faith in our faith. We don't, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we don't have faith in, it's not in our confession. It's not in how many times we say. It's not in how fervently we speak. It's not in how loud or aggressive I get. Mm -hmm. It's not in how, you know, this or that. It's not in my performance. It is in who is, it's really my faith in who is backing the command to have faith in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we're going to slow walk this thing. I really, really, really want you guys to get this again. You know, so again, faith is something that we respond. We don't initiate. We don't lead off with having faith. We respond in faith to something else, to someone else or to something else. Then we believe that thing. There has to first exist something to believe in, to believe in it. Mm-hmm. You don't start off believing something before there's anything even to believe in. Right. There has to first be something to believe in. And then we turn around and believe in that thing. And our belief in that thing is our faith in that thing. But that thing had to first be present. Right. Okay. So turn with me, if you would, please, to Mark 11. And let's go. To uh, ber- verse 12, Mark 11, verse 12. For those of you that have your phones, your Bibles, Mark 11, 12 says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, this is Jesus and his disciples, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. Okay. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. So he, you know, we would think to ourselves, well, if we see leaves on something, it, you know, it automatically means that there's, you know, fruit on, you know, that there's fruit or there's something on it. Well, he came seeing leaves. He was thinking if happily it, it, it lends, it leads us to believe that it was iffy. He could have had leaves. It could have not had leaves, but Jesus was expecting it to have to have fruit on it, excuse me, it could have had fruit or it could have not had fruit, but Jesus was expecting it to have fruit on it because it had leaves. So even though the time of figs was not yet, even though it ordinarily should not have had fruit on it, the fact that it had leaves on it meant it should have had fruit on it. The fact that it had leaves on it was saying, I have fruit too. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like a hypocrite tree, essentially. It was showing that it had leaves, but yet it was bearing no fruit. And in Jesus's world, leaves are indicative of fruit, even though the time of figs was not yet. If the time of figs was not yet, then it shouldn't have had leaves on it at all. But it had leaves, so it was indicative of the fact that it had fruit. So Jesus, so it says that when he came to it, he found nothing on it, In verse 13, it says, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came and happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the times of figs was not yet. Verse 14 says, and Jesus answered. So obviously the fig tree was speaking to him. The fig tree was speaking to him if Jesus answered, okay? It it was communicating something to him. Jesus answered the fig tree and said unto it. So Jesus is actually speaking to an inanimate object. He's speaking to a tree <laughs> and he says, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And he was not trying to say it to where his disciples couldn't have heard it so that if they if they heard it and then came up to it later and it had fruit on it, you know, he would be embarrassed. You know, Jesus didn't care. Jesus knew that the father God was backing his words. Mm-hmm. He had confident in, confidence in his words. The disciples heard it and, it, and it was probably for his disciples to hear because, again, there's an object lesson. There's a lesson to be had in this later on because Peter did note it, and Peter brought it to Jesus' attention, okay? Right. So he said it. The disciples heard it. Verse 15 says, and they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began, okay, I'm going to skip through all of that twice. Okay, skip through all of that to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, I think some translations make it seem like it it happened closer to instantly the next, you know, others say in the morning, nevertheless in a reasonably short time because obviously when Jesus spoke to it, he spoke to it at the root level, okay? But it says and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Again, the origin of life okay so even if it had some leaves on it or whatever maybe those leaves hadn't been dried up but they saw it dried up from the root and this is where the lesson really begins and peter calling to remembrance says unto jesus master behold so this is like shock and awe okay Mm -hmm. you got to keep in mind you don't say behold he's like wow the fig tree which you cursed is withered away Again, he heard Jesus cursing the fig tree. Right. And now he is, he is shocked. He is astounded at the fact that the fig tree has withered away. And Jesus, you know, oftentimes, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but oftentimes you'll see that Jesus responds to people with something that seems like has zero to do with what the person said. It's like he will come out of left field with an answer that seems like, did you not hear what I said? Mm -hmm. You know, so Peter is talking about the fig tree. The words that you spoke actually worked. Like I'm, you know, this is amazing. You know, I'm sure he's, he's, he's astounded. He's happy. He's excited. Wow. This is amazing. And Jesus turns around and responds to him and says, have faith in God. It's like, Okay, what what does that have to do with the fig tree that you cursed withering away? Jesus turns around and says, have faith in God. So what Jesus was really saying, he, he was cutting out all the fluff and he was really identifying the fact that Peter's amazement, believe it or not, was not simply in the fact that Jesus's words came to pass he that Jesus's words were faithful enough to to come to pass. Peter's real amazement was in the God behind the words coming to pass. Jesus is bringing to his attention that essentially Peter would not have been so amazed had he had faith in God. Because when you strip all of what Jesus said to the fig tree away, the fact of the matter is that Jesus spoke, but he knew that the there was a God backing the words that he was speaking. So Peter's amazement at the fig tree um, that Jesus cursed withering away was really his amazement at the faithfulness and the integrity of God. Mm-hmm. It was really that he was amazed at God's ability himself to to do what what was done so Jesus was bringing to to his to his attention basically that you wouldn't be so amazed, Peter, that what I spoke actually came to pass if you understood who is backing what I spoke mm-hmm. God is the one backing Jesus's confession Jesus isn't just arbitrarily confessing no one no man eat from you ever again first of all, what did Jesus say? I only do those things that the Father tells me to do I only Speak those things that the Father tells me to speak. So it was God who told him to speak to that fig tree in the first place. Again, more than likely, it was for an object lesson. God probably wanted Jesus to speak to that thing so the disciples would see it and it would come up later on and Jesus would be able to explain to them what he goes on and explains. But the thing is, is that God was backing Jesus's confession. It wasn't just Jesus making a confession over a tree just to make a confession over a tree it was god backing his words right. so jesus is bringing to his attention have faith in god it, he didn't even talk about his words he didn't talk about yeah you know there's power in 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 words and yeah my words have power he didn't talk anything about his words he talked about the god behind the words mm-hmm. and that's what i want us to recognize that the God behind the confession might be your perception of the God behind the confession or your your or your lack of awareness of the fact that there is a God standing behind your confession. So for those of you that have been confessing and confessing, but I've spoken in the mountain, but I've done this and I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that. But you haven't considered whether or not you actually have faith in God Himself. Your confession is only as is, is only as good as the God behind your confession. Right. Your confession is is no stronger than who's backing it. Yeah. So notice from half faith in God, like Herman was mentioning to me earlier. He says, "Have faith in God," which was really the answer. But then he actually now expounds on the answer. The real concise answer is, "Have faith in God." But now in verse twenty-three and twenty-four, he's going to actually expound on what he means by "have faith in God." Really, he's he's giving you a little more elaboration. He's he's now talking a little bit about his the confession itself, but it's the confession as it applies to you first having faith in God. So he says in verse 22, have faith in God. Then he says, for verily I say unto you. So he's now saying for truly based on you having faith in God. Now, based on that, you can't, you can't overlook have faith in God. You have to have faith in God and you have to continue to have faith in God and carry that on into verse 23. For verily based on having faith in God. Now I'm saying unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Based on you having faith in God, now you you, uh, say to this mountain. Guess what? You don't start saying to the mountain without having faith in God. That's right. And we've been taught in word of faith circles, Mark 11, 23 and 24, constantly Mark 11, 23 and 24. And guess what? We have confessed of mountains. We probably cursed at some mountains. We walked around mountains. We try to do like Jericho. We walked around seven times. We hollered at the seventh time. We've, We've done all kinds of things to the mountain. We have beat down the mountain. We've climbed the mountain. We've we've done everything we can. And we're wondering why this thing is not working. Because we have not considered the God behind the confession. It is not how many times you've spoken. It is not how much you've, you know, how, how many times you said to the mountain, how you said it to them, how how loud you've got, how indignant you've been when you said to the mountain. It's not about how many times you this and how many scriptures you use. And if you use New Testament scriptures and Old Testament, or if you only use New Testament scriptures, if you, it's not any of the logistics, it's not any of, it's God himself that you've forgotten that Faith has to be in God himself. It is not in your faith. It is not in your performance. It is not in your frequency of speaking to the mountain. It's not in your consistency of speaking to the mountain. It's the God backing the mountain or backing the the confession. And one more thing that I want to say about this is that it's almost like the dollar, Laura was, I was talk, talking to Herman about, I was like, what well, could be a good example? But I was thinking kind of like how they say the dollar is based on the gold standard. So guess what? The dollar is only as strong and as valuable and as worth, you know, as valued or whatever as the gold standard backing the dollar. There's got to be something backing the dollar to give the dollar its value. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something backing your confession mm-hmm. to give the confession its strength. Amen. Its power does not come from again your volume, does not come from your consistency. The power of your confession only comes from the God behind your confession. There has to first be a God, the a faithful God behind the confession of your faith or your confession of faith means nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: I think what uh what a lot of people are considering is their faithfulness. Right. Right. You're you know, we get lots of, of questions, uh emails and, and things, and people are saying, well, I have been faithful. Right. I have done I've confessed the word. I've praised God. I've done this. They're giving us all of the things that they themselves have been faithful yes. with. But you need to consider who is really the faithful one. Right. You're, what Raquel has been saying is you can't have faith in your faithfulness. Okay. You can't have faith in your faithfulness to confess the word or do anything else. You'll say, but I've done all these things, Herman. I've said all these things. I've confessed the word. I've confessed the word. When is my when is my healing going to show up? I'm not making fun of you at all. Trust me, I'm not. I, I understand where you are. But what I'm saying is that your faith can't be in your faithfulness. Amen. Or it can't be in your faith. Amen. Your faith has to be in him. If God is not faithful, who cares right. how many times. Who cares about s- how faithful you are if he's not faithful. Yeah. Your faithfulness means nothing. If he's not faithful, you you, you might as well do something else. Right. You, you need to find you another answer. You have
1: no foundation to confess with to confess from if he's not first faithful. Yeah. You have what makes you think that you can speak to a mountain and it move. If there is not first a God behind you speaking to the mountain. If there's not someone backing you, it's just like David and Goliath. David went out the Bible says he picked up some smooth stones and he guess what his faith wasn't in those stones. His faith was in the covenant with the God who was backing him. So when he went up to Goliath, guess what? Though he needed to put something in his hand and though God blessed the works of his hand and he anointed his hands and he guided his hands to make those stones land at the perfect spot to make that stone. It was just one stone that he Mm -hmm, threw mm -hmm. to make that stone land. Guess what? It was not in how much he practiced. He could have been, you know, you know what? David could have went out and no, but he could have went out (laughs) and practiced throwing all day long and slings. Okay. If I just hit him right here, if I could, guess what? his ability to defeat Goliath would not have been in the practicing, would not have been in the consistency of how many times he went out and prepared Mm -hmm. and practiced Mm -hmm. throwing that sling, throwing that stone at just the right speed and just the right Right. torque. It would not have been in that consistency. You know what it is? It's the one that he's in covenant with. That's why he said, that's why he said, you come to me with a, you know, or whatever. I come to you in the name of the Lord. You uncircumcised Philistine, you enemy that does not have a covenant with the God who is backing me. Mm -hmm. I am in covenant with the one true living God. So his confidence in the one God is why he had the confidence to put something in his hand. Yes, he still put something in his hand, but he had this confidence was not in how many times he killed. He did mention, I've killed this. In other words, he had things to to recognize that God was faithful to show him. But again, it was God all of those times that allowed him to overcome those enemies. So he had confidence in God. So guess what? The stones that you might've been picking up may be The, you know, by stripes, I'm healed. You may have been picking up the stones of the word of God
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and thinking, I'm going to sling this. Okay. I'm going to do it just like this. You know, we get, we get uh, messages or we get, um, Questions from people saying, you know, what verses do you use? What stones do you use? That's good. What, what size stones do you use? Are they about three inches? Are they four inches? What stone, how, how hard did you throw? throw How often did you throw your stones? How many times did you practice throwing the stones, Raquel, to get, to get healed? How, how, how far were you away from the giant? How um, fast did you throw it? What, what, what face did you have? What face were you making when you threw those stones? guess what? It's not in the stones. Right. It's the one that Raquel had a co- has a covenant with
0: right. who is
1: backing me. It's the one that David had a covenant with who is backing him. And it's my faith in him that mm-hmm. is going to allow my confession. Now, when I speak forth and I speak to that mountain, now yeah. that mountain has to move. And now I don't doubt in my heart, but it's the doubt the fact, the reason why I'm not even doubting in my heart now is not because of me and how faithful I am. It's because of my faith and my confidence and my trust in him. Guys, verse 23 and verse 24 mean nothing. If you do not have faith in God and what, and, and, and we were taught have the faith of God. We were taught, you know, we, we went to a word of faith church and we were taught that that translation really means have the god kind of faith well in context okay just just thinking not doing a whole lot of research on this but in context first of all i can't have the god kind of faith if i don't first have faith in god right if i first don't Mm -hmm. have faith in god if i first don't recognize god as faithful i can't even now possess his faith without first recognizing that he is first faithful and having faith in him secondly jesus had not yet ascended right. and peter and the disciples were not yet christians so to speak at this point because the spirit of god did not yet live in them right if the spirit of god did not yet live in them they did not have the capability of having the god kind of faith right. at that point right they, that, would have
2: been, that would have been unfair. That would have been unfair to Jesus, say, have my faith. Yeah, if Jesus would have said, you you have to have the God kind of faith in order to get this, these, to, results. these results. Because it says that whoever shall say to the man. Right. So he's saying that whoever whoever can have the God kind of faith.
1: Well, that's not true. Well, that's not true because they couldn't because the spirit of God was not yet in them. Exactly, The Bible says in Galatians, is it Galatians um, about us living by the faith of the son of God? Is it 220 Uh, 220. that we, the life that we now live, we live by the faith of the son of God. We can do that now.
2: We can do that now. Right.
1: Because the spirit of God lives on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. I believe that the King James translation is actually the correct translation. Have faith in God. Because again, Jesus would have been unfair to be telling Peter have the God kind of faith if they were incapable at that point of having the God kind of faith if the spirit of God was not yet resident on the inside of them. yeah, The spirit of God has to be resident on the inside of you for you to operate with the God kind of faith. Right. Jesus was still alive. The Bible says that until there's the death of the testator, he was the testator. So the Old Testament was technically still in effect from a Testament standpoint, because Jesus had not yet ascended. Yeah. So Jesus has not yet ascended. They have not yet received the spirit of God on the inside of them. They are incapable of having the God kind of faith. Right. He said, have faith in God.
2: That's he, not, Now wait, wait, because we've, if you've been around, you know, Christendom or the word of faith right. movement for any period of time, you've heard this verse. Many, many times. Mark 11, 23, If you sh- shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you, had, which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatever you say. How many times have you heard that? Right. How many times have you meditated on that? How many times have you said to yourself, I've spoken to the mountain, I've spoken to the mountain, but I want to come back to what you said at the very beginning. If you do not have faith in God. Yeah. You do not have the right. You do not have the authority to 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 go into speaking to a mountain. You right. don't have any power. You don't have any power to speak yeah. to a mountain. If you don't have faith in God, if you, because here's the deal, you ain't moving the mountain at
1: all. Who? who yeah. Who's, who's moving gonna, the mountain? Yeah. Who is moving the mountain? Yeah. Exactly. Who gonna move the mountain? <laughs> you. Right. You're some, con, you're allowed you
2: confessions. So, some I mean, of y'all, some of y'all ain't walked up a hill in 30 <laughs> years, and you're talking about you moving mountains now with your voice. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, with your voice. <laughs> and so you have to believe that God will back the words that you say, because he's gonna be the one that moves the mountain, right. He's
1: gonna. So your faith has to be in the one who's actually moving the mountain. Gonna do the work. Just because he's allowed you to cooperate by now, opening up your mouth and speaking to something. Mm -hmm. Just because he is anointing your words and allowing you to cooperate with his power. Right. Don't forget that it's his power. Don't forget that he's got to show up. And if he doesn't show up, then no matter how many times you confessed. No matter how many times you said whatever you said, it will not matter if he's not first faithful. And the thing is, is that he is faithful, but you have to have his faithfulness in view Mm -hmm. as you are speaking to the mountain. What God. It's his faithfulness, I know. though, that you have to have in view. If you lose sight of his faithfulness, if you lose sight of the fact that he's backing your confession, mm-hmm. you will get caught up in thinking that it's your confession. It's your formula. You will think it's your formula. Mm-hmm. You will think it's your faithfulness to yep, your formula. Yep, yep, formula? Yep. You know, I haven't missed a day of confession. I speak morning, noon, and night. I you know I I use the very best the premium verses yeah the premium I got a leather Bible yeah I got a with the cover with my engraving yeah you know you will think that this whole thing has come down to your formula and your faithfulness to your formula and forget all about that simple phrase in verse twenty two have faith in God because guess what have faith in God. For verily. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The for verily doesn't come without the having faith in God. That means everything he says after the for verily is contingent upon first having faith in God. Without having faith in God, there is no for verily. And verily means truly. For truly I say, because of having faith in God, now I'm telling you, you can speak to a mountain. And you can say to this mountain be removed and cast in the sea and not doubt in your heart. How do you ever think, if unless you have faith in God, how do you ever think you're gonna not doubt in your heart speaking to a mountain? Right. And ca- and having that thing move. If you don't first have faith in God, how would you ever think that your words alone are going to move a mountain, and then you not have any doubt in your heart, you obviously have to have, there obviously have to has to be a confidence beyond your words alone. Yeah. There has to be a confidence in the one, the man, the person of faithfulness himself. Mm-hmm. And if he isn't standing behind you, again, with David and Goliath, if, if, If God, if the God of covenant, the God that David was in covenant with was not behind David, I don't care how many stones David got. I don't care how how much of a good shot he was of a sling or a bow or an arrow or whatever. I don't care what kind of a marksman he was. If the God of angel armies was not standing behind him, if he didn't have the confidence, he could have picked up stone after stone and he would have gotten clobbered. Yeah. But it was the confidence in the God behind the stones. Mm -hmm. It's the confidence in the God behind the confession that you have to have faith in. But you know what, though? See,
2: if it was about how many times and and how consistent you were in your confession and your praise and and all the people in your life that you forgave, if it was all about that, then you could boast. Right. It would be something that you earned. Right. And his grace can't be earned. Amen. His grace can only be received. Yes. So so it doesn't matter how many times you've done this and that. Yeah. You don't even have it. You could do it one time. Yeah. You could say it one time. But believing in your heart. Yes. That my God is faithful. Amen. Absolutely. And see, the the, the confession, the confession that comes out of your mouth isn't. To make God move, right? It isn't necessarily to make anything happen, right? Really, your confession—your confession is for you, absolutely. Your, your confession is to convince your heart absolutely. that this word is true, absolutely. so that now. Now that I have meditated in this Word and my heart has changed, right? I actually believe what I'm Amen. saying. Yeah. Now when I say it, oh, and I it. believe it. That's it. Now I have manifestation, just like it says here. That's you know, so in weird. a uh, where, is it? Where, is it? where is it?
1: What are you looking for? Oh, uh,
2: um, no, it just says. For by grace are you, in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it gift, not of works, lest any man should both. You, this is not a work mm-hmm. that you do that you produce a result with. Right. You know, it says that, the Bible says that you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Right. When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, guess what? You get a result. If you don't believe this in your heart,
1: Right. You can
2: confess it all day. Yeah. This thing has got to get into your heart. So your confession isn't making something happen. The confession is changing your heart. And if you don't allow anything else into your heart, the soil of your heart will become fertile. Mm -hmm. And now when I actually speak those things, I'm speaking speaking out of a fertile heart right. that's full of the word of god that actually believes what i'm saying right when i say by his stripes i'm healed i mean that right i believe it but but but, but again ahead. it all boils down to the fact that we have to believe in the one
1: the who's one. doing the work that's the thing he's doing the that's work that's the thing it's it's belief in the one. That's what it is. It's not belief in anything else, but the person of God himself. Yeah, That's fundamentally what you are believing. When you're believing God for anything, you know what you're do- doing? You're believing God.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm believing God for a new car. I'm believing God though. Right. It's, it's, it's that I have faithfulness in God to be my provider of the car. I'm believing God for a whatever, but I'm believing God for the car. We have to recognize the fact that God, you know what? God has not designed faith in such a way, just like I've said before about how God is not going to allow you. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no yeah. man has come to the Father but through Jesus. God's not going to allow any other way to get to him other than through Jesus. God's not going to allow you to have faith apart from believing him, mm-hmm. the one behind the faith. Right. You're not going to be able to some sort of way come up and formulaize this thing to such a degree. That without having to trust in him, that again, back to the example of the stones with David, that you can just practice your throwing technique so well. You can Mm. master the throwing, the throwing of the slinging of the stones so well that you don't have, that God doesn't have to even show up. You just keep practicing. You just keep practicing target practice. And then eventually you'll get better and better and better and better. God doesn't even have to show up. And you'll be able to do, guess what? It doesn't work like that. God has not designed faith to happen apart for, from your confidence in his faithfulness. Amen. In him. Amen. Your faith is
2: ultimately in him. But you know what though? It's like, you know, get up in the morning, go make breakfast and you're going to make some toast. I'm put the toast in a toaster. I got confidence in this toast. Yes. And I push the button down. Right. And I wait for a few minutes. And I pop it, boy, and the toast jumps out of there. Boy, and I'm just ready for my toast. But guess what? It still ain't toasted. You still got bread. And I put it down there again, and I pop it back up, and it's still bread. I got so much confidence in my toaster, but it's got no power. That's good. You mm. got to have power. Not plugged in. Mm. You, your faith has to have That's power. That's good. Yes, it's got to be plugged into the faithful one. Yes, your toaster ain't faithful without right. power, <laughs> man. Your toaster, that's good.
0: Your,
2: yes, your toaster is not faithful. Right, without the power, your confet. You, oh my goodness, that's good. You ain't that's even good. faithful.
0: That's you good.
2: ain't faithful. I don't care how many times you speak the word, how many years you've been speaking the word. If yep. you are not connected, if you don't have faith in the power that's backing that, you can't even consider, consider yourself faithful. Amen. The toaster, it will. The toaster will produce beautiful toast if it's connected to the in. power. <laughs> yes. but the toaster's faithfulness is only yes. connected yes. to the power source. Yes, without the power. Mm-hmm. It's not even faithful. Yeah, it, it was the opposite of faithful. Just I don't know. I can't think of work. Yeah. Just it, it, toast toaster without the power is not faithful. It can't make toast. Amen. And you can't produce results in your life with faith
1: if you don't have faith in the faithful one. Right. So again, back to the story. You know, Peter is amazed at. The fact that the words that Jesus spoke came to pass mm-hmm. why was Jesus not amazed? Jesus spoke and I it, we don't have any indication that Jesus was even looking back at it to see if it, if what he had spoken actually came to pass he didn't even care Jesus was so confident in the one backing his words that Jesus didn't even need to look for 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 evidence or proof. Right. That what he had spoken had come to pass. Peter was looking for evidence or proof mm-hmm. and was amazed yep. when what Jesus spoke came to pass. And, and one that thing should, I heard yeah. Andrew Walmack say, <laughs> one thing I heard Angie Walmack say that just mm, was that when you are amazed mm. at the the moving of the Lord or, or or something coming to pass, it lets you know that you don't have faith in God. Your unbelief. Your I unbelief is, 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 your is, is unbelief. hanging out. Your unbelief is hanging out for I everyone said, t- to see. T- t- that back Tuck in that, in. that back in. It's hanging <laughs> out because your amazement lets you know that you doubted it would come to pass. Yeah. You would not be amazed. That's why Jesus wasn't checking for whether or not, oh my gosh, did it come? Did it, or they're going to notice. Is it, is it dead or I is said it not? It out loud. Cause I, I said, said it out, out loud, loud and they heard it. it are they going to see it? Jesus wasn't even going back. Jesus was moving on. Jesus, they had to be brought to his attention because he had such confidence in the God backing behind the, backing him, backing him up, backing up the words of his mouth. Mm-hmm. But Peter, Doubted the words. He's probably thinking, "This dude is crazy. He think he gonna talk to a tree and and whatever." And it's like, "Oh, oh my god, oh my god, it worked! It worked! Oh my god, yeah. you said it. It worked." <laughs> Guess what? He doubted it would work. Yeah. He doubted it would work, and really stripping it all down, stripping that onion all the way down. Hmm. He doubted the God behind the confession, right. and so just wanted to introduce starting starting to introduce this to you guys today that the there is a god behind your confession and if you've lost sight of the god behind the confession your confession that may be part of the reason why your confession has not come to fruition. You haven't seen anything. You have doubted in your heart. You've been speaking to the mountain. The Bible says that you'll speak to the mountain and not doubt in your heart. Well, guess what? That's only contingent upon you having faith in God. If you've been speaking to the mountain, guess what? You'll always be speaking to the mountain and still having that twinge of doubt in your heart. Because guess what? Fundamentally, you're only doing this, bait, you only can do this based on you having faith in God. You have to establish the person of God mm-hmm. being so faithful yeah. and from his faithfulness, I speak. Yeah. I don't speak if he's not faithful. If he's not faithful, I don't speak. And one verse that I that I wanted to just, I mean, I feel like we can end it here today, but one verse on that that I wanted to end it with, go with me if you would to Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. And what I just said was, if God's not faithful, I don't speak because my speaking is from his faithfulness. My speaking is, is derived from his faithfulness. I don't have anything to say. If he's not faithful, I don't even have anything to say. My confession is nothing. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say if he's not faithful. What is verse 23? Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. What does it say? For he is faithful, that promised. I am only holding fast my profession because of his faithfulness. If he is not faithful, I don't have anything to hold fast. I only hold Fast based on his faithfulness because he is, I am. If he isn't first faithful, I have no faith. I have nothing to hold on to if he's not faithful. So before I even start opening up my mouth to confess anything, I have to have established in my heart that the one backing me is faithful. I'm holding fast the confession of my faith. Be- without wavering because of his faithfulness. You guys, this is all based on his faithfulness. Mm. If you have not established in your heart that God, the one behind the confession is faithful. If you just started in verse, verse 23, I'm going to confess to the mountain and I'm going to speak and I'm not going to doubt my heart. and I'm going to believe, and yeah. I'm going to speak. Guess what? You will if you lose sight of verse 22, you will always get caught up in a formula. Because guess what? There's no one backing your confession. It's just your confession. The strength of this thing is gonna is gonna come from your confession. The strength of this thing is gonna come from your faithfulness. It's gonna come from your consistency. Because that's the only that's the only power that there is. And guess what? That's not powerful enough. You've got to have something beyond you backing what's coming out of your mouth.
2: You know, uh, and and we're, we're gonna close um, on this, but it just makes me think about the times where, you know, I buy something new, and I'm 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 so excited about getting the, to the result. I'm so excited about putting this thing together <laughs> and enjoying the benefits of it that I don't look at the instructions, right? And
1: sometimes maybe throw them away.
2: Yeah, no, and and I put it together. And I got like 10 screws left. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Ten screws left, huh? It's
0: like, no, no, yeah. no.
2: And, the, and the thing never works right. Right. It never works right. <laughs> but 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 it's because I want to skip steps. Right. And I'm not saying that this is even your fault, but we've just been taught right. to skip
1: the the step. Right. Uh, we want to get Trust to the it. real part. Yeah, we like, want to
2: get to moving the mountain. Yes. Come on, we're gonna get to the moving mountain. I right. got this mountain in my way. I need I need a bulldozer right now. <laughs> right. Like, come on, come on right. through. I got the permit. Come get get this thing out of the way. <laughs>
0: right.
2: But we don't want to, and like I said, look, I was taught this. You were ta- We 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 went right to speaking to the mountain. Yeah.
1: Like we, I can do we what we think is I can do that. I can move the I, mountain. I can do that. I can speak. Sure, I can, I can move speak. the mountain with my words. I can
2: speak to the mountain, right. but I don't have faith in him. Right. That is where the problem is. You must have faith in him or you got nothing to say. Right. Amen. Amen. So look, we believe that this has been a blessing to you. And I'm just going to just be in agreement with you that Lord, yeah, show them ex- expound. Yeah, what they've heard today, Holy Spirit, show them how to have confidence in a faithful God. Yes, have confidence Amen. in the faithfulness Thank of God, you. so that that you can actually have a foundation to then speak to mountains.
0: Yes, to You're see. Right. To, Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: you you want to have Amen. that as your Thank foundation. You, now there's something confident that you right. can stand on. You can say, right. hey. Cancer, move right. in Jesus' name. Guess right. what? But if I don't have that confidence that comes from his faithfulness, then I'll never have it yeah. in my heart that it can actually, I won't believe it. And I will always doubt. I may be speaking, yeah, but, but I'll always, always doubt. doubt. Whenever you come back to, well, I've been doing this, this, and that, right. and it ain't happening, guess what? That's doubt. Right. It's doubt. So stop having
1: confidence in what your regimen, your formula, it's, it's, it, if you've been saying, I've been confessing, I've been confessing, I've been, and it's still not working. I meditated and I do this and I do this and I do this. Guess what? You even saying, I do this and do this and do this. It's showing that you have confidence in your formula. Yeah. It's showing that you've done X, yeah. Y, and Z. So I should get A or, you know, I should get the outcome of having done all these three things faithfully, never missing. Sometimes doubling up on them too. Mm -hmm. I should get, I should be getting this exact thing because I have done this, 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 and this. And if you have that perspective, then there's something that you are missing. And I believe that there's something that you are missing in the faith, in the faith realm, at least, Mm -hmm. is that you have, you have, you have tried to get a faith formula and get a faith answer without The faithful one.
2: Yes, You are trying to
1: extract the person of faith out of your faith formula. Yes. And guess what? He never designed that you're going to get a faith fruit, a faith result, extracting him from the formula.
2: Yeah. Look. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got a, yeah, I got a whole bunch to to go talk to the Lord about right now. Yeah,
1: and we're going to be talking yes, about this you guys, yes, but but just, listen again yes, and share. Please and, share this. And just ask it's been a blessing God to you.
2: and thank the Holy Spirit for showing you just how faithful God is and that'll develop the confidence for you to speak to the mountain yes. in your life and see those see that mountain extracted and thrown into the sea. Amen. Amen. We love you guys and we will see you next time.
1: Yes. All right. Be blessed. (laughs) Bye-bye.
2: We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing
1: Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53 5
0: says and by his stripes we are healed god bless you